so crazy. Cat lady, minivan mom who never stops talking. She is a dork and I think that she's hilarious. She is one of my best friends and I love her. Hi, welcome to This Is Melissa Podcast and I am your host, Melissa Johnson. Today, I have Rebecca Boyd here as my guest. Rebecca is a Clean Life, Clean Home recipient and also one of my really good friends. And she'll be co-hosting with me every once in a while. Um, But today, she's going to tell us about her addiction story, recovery story, and what life is like today as a mom in recovery. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you, Melissa. Hey, guys. I'm Rebecca Boyd. Um, I guess I'll just kind of start with, I was born in a really small town, um, in kind of Northern Oklahoma up by Kingfisher. And, um, my parents divorced when I was young. So I grew up around a lot of fighting and tugging back and forth, um, between two different homes. Um, I was a little bit of a troublemaker growing up. Um, I was, I always wanted to, um, take the the road less traveled which usually was the hard road for me um I um was homeschooled actually through my high school years because I really I mean I just I kept getting in trouble here trouble there my grades were failing um so I was homeschooled hoping that that would fix it and it didn't I started drinking when I was before I could drive I'm gonna say like 15 um but all my friends could drive so um I particularly remember one time um, I had gotten so drunk at a bonfire party that a friend basically had to bring me home, carry me like a baby, knock on my door, and hand me to my mother. And I think I might have been 16 at that time. Um, It got so bad, you know, to then my mom would, would literally just shut the door and lock the door. I wouldn't come home at night. I would stay gone all night long. Um... And then I graduated when I was 17. So I graduated from a Christian academy in Lewiston, Maine. That was the homeschool place. So it was, you know, everything looked really good from the outside. You know, my mom was a single mom growing up. Um, I did go visit my dad on occasion, but, you know, she worked for the county, you know, so we were very cut and dry, you know. Only a few people knew about the problems inside our house. So, um that, you know, I think was definitely a, uh, a problem. No, it was hush hush. Nobody, you know, when I was growing up. So, um, then I decided, you know, my story is kind of a lot like yours in a sense that I went from place to place thinking that it was going to fix it. So my first move was to Houston, Texas with my oldest sister, um, when I was 17 and that was going to fix my problems. You know, I could, this was my problem. This place was my problem. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Houston and, um, I lived with my sister, Wendy and her husband and family for a while. And I just caused problems there. I was just running amok, you know, but I had a job, so everything was fine. I worked for the gap and you know, that was cool. Cause that was, you know, the best store back then. Everybody shopped at the gap. Um, and then, you know, I just, I kept causing problems. I kept getting, you know, in trouble. Um, you know, just party, 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 party. I mean, party from the time I wake up until the time I go to bed at night. Um, and so, you know, eventually, you know, 
my sister stopped enabling me. And, well, that was my problem. Houston was my problem. So I decided to move to California. That's where I was going. So I up and moved to Monterey, California. And my other sister lived there. And so I lived there with her and her husband and their family. And I ran amok. I mean, that is actually where I got my first DUI. So I got my first DUI there. Um, leaving, I was so drunk when the cop pulled me over. And I know you can relate to probably some of these stories that I, um, yes. what I say. Yes. But the cop pulled me over and I was in a Honda. And he's like, ma'am, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, no. And he goes, your Honda emblem's missing. And I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'll get that replaced right away. Right away. You know, and I mean, just like completely just obliterated. Well, they ended up taking me to jail. Um, they didn't book me in because I had, I had posted bail before. I, I mean, I was on my phone, posted, posted bail before any, they even got me booked. And so, but then, you know, mom at that time, big enabler at that time, hired an attorney somehow to keep it quiet, got it. Com- I mean, I, it's still not on my record to this day, that DUI. Well, um, you know, I mean, my brother-in-law was an officer candidate school at that time out there. And so, you know, he could get in a lot of trouble. They actually didn't even know about my DUI. I was that good at hiding, hiding the stuff that I did. He, he intercepted the mail before I could get to it, got a letter in the mail from the county about my, you know, my court day. And that's how they found out, you know? And so, you know, eventually, you know, everybody just got tired of, Mm -hmm. of my stuff. And so, um... Uh, so then I was going to fix it and move back to Oklahoma. So that's what I did. I fixed it and I moved back to Oklahoma where I met my oldest daughter's dad, um, Tyler. And we partied together all the time. We partied together all the time. That's all we did. Um, and he had a problem though. You know, back then I was like, you have a problem. You need to stop drinking because it's so bad. And, you know, and that's what, you know, and I was drinking with him. I mean, Henry Hudson's, they knew our first and last name, uh, Henry Hudson's on I-240. I mean, it was, it was terrible. And I got pregnant with Alyssa. I quit drinking then. Um, and she was born here in Oklahoma. And right when she was born, I just started, you know, I was partying again. But, you know, I never saw it as I was probably drinking more than I should. It was always his, you know, it's Tyler. He's drinking too much. Mm-hmm. Well, we were, I was going to fix that, and we're going to move to Indiana. So that's what we did. We packed up. Alyssa was, I think she was, oh, she was an infant. And we packed up and moved to Indiana, where his family was from. Um, Tyler and I divorced when Alyssa was, she was young. She was under two um, when we divorced. And I met Lucas's dad shortly after that. And I moved from um, the apartment that I was in with Alyssa's dad to a one-bedroom apartment and uh, decided I was going to go to school. And so I, for the longest time, I was so good at hiding it. You know, I went through nursing school drunk. I mean, drunk. I bartended at a nightclub from Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night and stayed drunk all weekend long. And somehow, you know, I mean, I just, you know, started taking Adderall or whatever could get me through nursing school to... You know, do that. And then I met my middle son's biological father, um, Ryan, and he was big into pills, um, big into alcohol. And I had Lucas, got pregnant with Lucas, had Lucas, passed my nursing boards, and had, you know, a script for 120 
Norco or Percocet, and I was just like, he better not touch my pills because he's an addict. And here I am, like in the bathroom, like <laughs> eating spoonfuls of Percocet while I'm peeing, you know. Like, but he better not touch my pills. So he's the one with the he problem. was still the problem. Yes, you know. So here I am, and there's like a common denominator in all these yeah. relationships from all. That's you. Exactly, it's me. And so. um I had to leave because he, you know, it ended up being a, you know, very abusive, you know, relationship. We were both drunk and high all the time, and it was just bad. So I was going to fix it and run again, and I was going to come back to Oklahoma again. So that's what I did. I packed up, and I came back to Oklahoma. This time, my dad and my stepmom, and my stepmom's kind of always been my um, my biggest fan. You know, she's, you know, somebody that no matter what I did, I, I never got judged for it. I never liked what she said, ever. <laughs> I mean, I never absolutely hated everything she said. But she was always very, like, you know, team Becky is what she calls it. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what. She never enabled me, but she was always, like, team Becky. So, she was, like, my saving grace. And I'm pretty sure she probably talked my dad into packing a U-Haul, you know. And it was actually my brother that came from... My brother and his wife came with a huge trailer. I was already packed and ready to go. Packed. Ryan didn't even know I was leaving, and I said bye on my way out the door with Lucas and Alyssa, and we came back to Oklahoma. And that's when I moved into the Dakota house over here. So so right then from that relationship, so that was, you know, I had to get away from him. Two months later, I met my youngest daughter's dad. <laughs> Okay, I met Steve. Steve and I met in um, August, and then we were married in July of the following year. Um, and he wasn't a drinker, but he was, he was abusive. Mm -hmm. He was mean. I didn't like things that he said and it was his problem, you know, and our marriage was good for a while. And then, um, in July of 2014, my mom was killed. Um, she was, you know, um, basically neglected in a hospital, um, it was tragic. I mean, my sisters and I were there. She was vomiting her bowel. It was, we watched her being coded to her, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, she was really swollen. It was just really tragic. And so, um, when that happened, that was in July of 2014, um, it got really bad quick. And in that short amount of time, I, um, you know, Steve was moving in and out at that point. He was to his cousin's house, home, to his cousin's house, home. The kids, you know, Alyssa was having problems in school. It was affecting everybody. Um, Lily was a baby. So we were going to fix that and move again. And so we moved two streets over to Canterbury, mm-hmm. the Canterbury house, because that was going to fix everything. Well, then it just got worse. Um, I started doing meth on a regular basis. I mean, it was so bad that I painted my whole house in one night. All different colors. Nice. You know, and um, it was it was it was awful. I um, so then Steve did and eventually move out. I was getting up in the morning. I was getting up in the morning, going to the liquor store when I dropped the kids kids off at work before school, so I would have it or before work, so I'd have it after work, and then leave work and go back to the liquor store so that I would have some for that night. Because if I left in the evening, Steve wondered where I was going. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just easier to. Um, <laughs> Uh, hide it that way. You know, I would buy probably sometimes up to 20 of those little 100-proof bottle shots Mm -hmm. and just be completely, you know, obliterated. Um, But then in 
December, January of 2015, so like six-ish months after my mom died, mm-hmm. was my first suicide attempt. I um, um, took over 500 Benadryl, like the Sam size bottle. Um, right before I passed out, I called my husband, which was Steve at the time, mm-hmm. and told him what I had done, and he called 911 from work. By the time the police got there, um, I wasn't breathing. I was, you know, Lucas and Lily were asleep, and Alyssa was at school. They intubated me um, in my front yard. Uh, my stepmom, of course, my saving grace, mm-hmm. always there. And my brother were there um, as the ambulance pulled up, and they told my dad and everybody in my uh, family you guys are going to have to make some decisions. She's probably not going to make it. The next 24 hours are crucial. You know, I, I mean, it was, I was on life support. They hadn't told my kids anything yet. And, you know, I mean, my, my dad and my stepmom, you know, were like, she just lost her mom. Like, everything is so crazy. Like, what do you mean the next 24 hours? Like, what, what are you trying to tell us here? Well, I was on life support uh, for, Several, several days. And then I ended up um, on the med search floor. I came out of it. Everything was okay. I had seizures for a while after that from all the medication. Um, I had to take seizure medication for several months um, after that. And then I went to psych. I mean, I was directly admitted to psych. So I that, that was like my first attempt to get sober was then. So I tried to stay sober mm-hmm. then. And I stayed sober for... Um, 12 days, I think, was my first bout of sobriety. I did try AA, um, and then I thought, you know, I can control this. It's, you know, I got this. It's not it's not as bad as everyone thinks it is. I don't need to quit drinking. I just need to slow down. You know, that was my, my thought process. And I, uh, so in June-ish of 2016, I took my kids Packed our whole car up. It took my kids to Fort Cobb Lake, which if if anybody is from around Norman, you know how far that is from here. It's like three hours. Packed my kids up, was completely obliterated, left them in the car while I went into the liquor store to get more liquor once I got, you know, close to the lake. Um, Set up camp, you know, tents, fires. We were going to cook. I had all the food and everything. And I got so drunk that I passed out at, like, I would I want to say even, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. My oldest daughter had to pay the game warden for our campsite fees that I didn't even have all the money for. Like, I had spent all of it on alcohol. So, thank you know, thankfully, I mean, I, the state probably would have took my kids then. Mm-hmm. But my, my daughter called... My sister, who called my my husband, where we were separated at the time, and he drove three hours to get them, and I woke up, and I don't remember what time it was in the morning, but it was like three in the morning, and I did not know where my kids were. Panic. No idea. Mm-hmm. We were right next to the water. I could hear the waves crashing on the water. I mean, Lily was a baby baby. Like, you know, I mean, Lucas was just toddling around. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he's so small. And... uh had no idea where they were, none. And I just happened to find my phone, picked it up, and I, there was a message on there that says, I have the kids, I came to get them. I mean, this is hours. Yeah, I mean, horrible. Yeah. You know, and still, you know, so I, I thought, okay, I got to get sober. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I, maybe I really can't drink. So on my way home, my um, my dad and stepmom had um, two of my kids, and then Lily was with her dad. 
And I was I was afraid then they weren't going to give them back to me, you know, because they knew I had a problem. So I went right to AA that day. Like, I just drove to the clubhouse and, you know, just tried to be like, okay, maybe I can just try this for a little while. Did you like, already knew where AA was. You knew where to go. Right, because I had tried to stay sober after okay. my first suicide okay, attempt. Yeah. So, um... After that, that didn't work. Um, Steve and I decided we were going to separate for good. He completely moved out. It was just me and the kids um, at the house. And, you know, I was I was working and, you know, wanted to go back to school but couldn't. Um, drinking every single day, like, so bad that I would just yell and scream and, you know, get just get out of my room. You know, I isolate. Mm. Uh, and I completely cut myself off from everybody. Like, that's just what I do. I, I, I isolate from everybody. Um, and then I try. Then my second suicide attempt was Christmas Eve of um, 2015. So this the lake story was Jul- June of 2015. Um, and so I... Um, December, Christmas Eve, 2015, I was standing in my kitchen, and I tried to slip my throat from one side to the next, and my daughter saw me do it, and so that immediately, Steve pulled in the driveway, you know, he called the police, the police were like, you need help, let us take you, you know, why don't you know are you drinking of course I was completely drunk I mean this was like Christmas Eve there's a huge thing at my dad and stepmom's on Christmas Eve that we go to you know and I just had to ruin it like you know just that selfish selfish self-centered you know look at me I'm dying on the inside somebody pay attention to me kind of stuff and so I the police took me to the hospital where they ran they they stabilized me there because my alcohol level was so high and then to psych, I went again. Um, got out of psych that time and um, decided I need to move again. This house is the problem. I need to move again. So I moved to the east side of Norman. I moved into an apartment over there, got a new job, like completely just um, said that's where I need to be because I can drink over there and it's going to be okay. You know, I can't drink in this house because there's so many memories. But, you know, that's my way of thought. So then, so I I lived there for approximately a month. And then in January of 2016, I took my kids to Brahms um, on the east side and got completely, I was completely wasted. I When you took them to Brahms, you were Yes, I drove them to Brahms drunk, um, completely drunk, got in an argument with a lady over some ketchup. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, ended up fighting in Brahms and, I mean, physically harming two women in Brahms. Um, the police were called. I barricaded myself in the bathroom. My kids were in the booth screaming and crying. Like, five or six police surrounded the place. My stepmom, my saving grace, here she comes again, mm-hmm. pulls in, gets the kids, takes the kids. Um, I tried to run twice. They had to tase me. Um, they eventually had ended up having to hog tie me out of handcuffs, but hog tie my legs and my arms together and put me in the back of the car. Um, and DHS was immediately on the scene. I mean, they came to the scene. Mm -hmm. Um, my kids went into police protective custody that night and I woke up in jail. I woke up in jail. Um, and I kind of, I remembered 
cops being involved and my kids crying. And I do, and the very little bit I do remember is I remember the DHS caseworker. I remember her like talking to me like in the back seat of the cop car, like you need to get help. Like this is it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I've never, DHS has been involved a little bit before, but it was never, I was always, you know, a Lily got hurt at, at somebody's house and it was, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of, that kind of thing. But so I just remember I sent, you know, months in jail and I just remember, I mean, my only, my only option was to do a program because I have a nursing license. So I couldn't take a deferred sentence. They weren't offering me that anyways. Like the judge was like, something is bad. Somebody had to have called the DA and told them she needs the the most help that she can get because, Mm -hmm. you know, the DA was like, I hear that this is a pattern for you and... This is your only option. You can choose this or you can go sit out, sit it out in prison. Well, I will die in prison. Like I cannot go to prison. So. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so I, they offered me Anna McBride court and I can just remember sitting in jail. Like, this is just not how I want to live. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I just didn't know how to, I didn't know how to stop. Like I didn't know how to make the pain go away. From, you know, my mom's death, from all of these bad relationships, from being a single mom. Like, I didn't know how to make the pain go away. I didn't know how to, you know, deal with the abandonment issues of being, you know, a child. And, um, you know, I just didn't know how to stop drinking. That was my outlet. I felt better when I drank. I felt better, you know. Regardless of the consequences. Regardless of the consequences. Because when the consequences came, I just drank again. Yeah, drink it away. Drink it away, exactly. And then the pain, then there's even more pain. And so then you drink more. you got to drink that away. Yeah. And so it's like a vicious cycle that just Mm -hmm. kept piling up and piling up and piling up. And, you know, I sat in jail on a $1,000 bond. It was $100 to get me out of jail. And I can tell you, it saved my life. (laughs) It completely saved my life. Because if I would have gotten out of jail that day... I would have, you know, I would have been able to save my apartment, but I lost everything, my car, everything in my apartment. There were a few things that my sister had came and my stepmom that were able to save, you know, a few things. But for the most part, you know, everything was gone. Um, I went to jail on the 22nd. On the 26th, I was served divorce papers, papers from DHS, all in the same, like, 30 minutes by the same sheriff, like, came three times to my pod. Divorce papers, an emergency guardianship, and I had a protective order on Lily, so I couldn't see her at all. And uh, DHS papers, you know, an opening a case mm-hmm. for DHS, and then guardianship papers. Um, and so, all, you know, I knew it was real. Like, I just basically felt like, you know, after about a week, I felt like, okay, this, this must be, you know, I just felt like I was going to be okay. You know, I just had this feeling like it's going to be okay, you know? And so I just kind of took that as a second chance. Like, okay, I can either run from this or like I do and figure out a way to run, or I can just consider it like a new life. Like I'm just building from the bottom up, you know, it may take a while. And so that's what I did. And I pled into Anna McBride court, um, um, in May of last year. And, that has just been, you know, awesome. Um, my children were, Lily stayed here in Oklahoma with her dad, and then my two oldest children moved all the way to Maryland. So completely across the United States, um, far away, which was good for them. It was good to get them out of here. Like they, you know, they, I had just put them through 
so much in such a short amount of time, you know, that it was good for them to just get away, get a, you know, and just leave. And so then, um, I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have a car. The only thing I had was a pair of scrubs, which I went to jail in, you know, for my property of the jail and I didn't have anywhere to go. And so when I got out or before they would release me, I had to have an address. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my first thought on my own was maybe I should try sober living. You know, I would hear some of the girls in the pod with me talk about sober living. And so that's what I did. I applied for sober living and they accepted me from all my jail application and I went directly there from jail. Um, and, you know, from there, like, it was just hard. It was very hard to, to be without my kids. It was like I just didn't know how to to live, you know. And thankfully, you know, a bunch of girls at that Oxford house just took me under their wing. And they're like, we've all been there. This Just do what we're doing. Just do what it works, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. You know, I started um, going to AA meetings, which I was never required to with Anna McBride Corp. But, um DHS didn't require you to. No, do that. DHS um, completely closed the case as oh, soon okay. as my daughter, my my daughter, my sister got guardianship. Okay, got yeah. It. So um, they just completely stepped out of the case, um, and so I just got really involved in Oxford House. On um, you know, I went to a women's conference in Dallas, a world convention, traveled to DC when I went to see Alyssa in Maryland. I went to the Oxford House headquarters and. Um, been, you know, I mean, just, you know, part of the chapter organization and, you know, held, you know, positions like that. And it just taught me how to, you know, Oxford House really taught me how to live again, like how to manage my finances and that finances come first because my life was so unmanageable completely. Like I would, the unmanageability to for me means, okay, I have my electric bill and it's due on the 1st, but I can pay it by the 10th because I need to buy alcohol. (laughs) But it doesn't get cut off until the 25th, so I can just use my electric bill, stock up on alcohol, and just pay it before it it cuts off. That's completely unmanageable, you know, unmanageability to me. And, you know, Oxford House taught me how to be responsible with my money and how, you know, chores are important and it's important to to keep a clean home, Mm -hmm. you know, to make sure that Things were like that. Um, then I got the opportunity to open a um, women and children's sober living house for Oxford House. Um, it was the first one in Cleveland County, so that was really neat. Just the process of, you know, seeing these new girls come in to this house that I just opened with so much gratitude. Like, people are just happy for a bed, you know. Um, but I lived in Oxford House from March of 2016 to... October of 2016. Um, it really helped me get a foundation in recovery. Um, I, you know, was required to attend 12 step meetings while I was, you know, in there. Um, you know, I always, you know, my recovery for me is, you know, God keeps me sober, but AA helped me find my higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, because I used the group for so long. Like I knew something was working in the, the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, but I didn't know what you know I was mad at God because he took everything from me that that was my selfish self-centered didn't wasn't looking at the problem mm-hmm. you know um so then I um I just I attended meetings I surrounded myself around people in recovery you know people that that understood me I stopped talking to every single person that I ever drank with Ever. I mean, I do not have a consistent relationship day to day, you know, maybe an acquaintance. Oh, hey, oh, it's good to see you, you know. 
at all in my recovery. You know, I completely just left that old life alone and I, um, just built from the bottom up. Um, I was able to keep my nursing license, which was by the grace of God. I am in a program now that's, it's called the peer assistance program, which is basically like drug court for nurses Mm -hmm. through the board of nursing. It's a tough program. It's tough, but you know what? It helps Mm -hmm. hold me accountable and it just continues to teach me that accountability because I'm an alcoholic. Like there, I could easily just just, you know, just forget about everything. And, you know, so I feel like the, the more accountability, you know, the more I'm held accountable, the, the stronger my foundation becomes. Um, so then I, out of nowhere, um, I was starting to become my, my sister let my, my son come home before my daughter. Um, she let him come home over the summer. Um, the summer before I moved out of Oxford House. So he actually got to help me open that Oxford House. But she still had guardianship, and I kind of started getting a little Mm -hmm. fearful that Alyssa wasn't going to come home if I didn't do something soon. Yeah. Um, And so um, I immediately filed for termination of the guardianship, um, and then I hired an attorney for my divorce with Steve so that I could see Lily. Um, I had some recovery under my belt at that point, and he did not fight me. He willingly was like, you know what? You deserve this. You're her mom. Let's just do joint custody. So that's, you know, today that's still our agreement is, you know, and with Lucas too because he's, you know, that's Lucas's dad. Yeah. That's all I know. Um, and I went in front of the judge, and, you know, she asked me a whole lot. And then here comes my stepmom with me to you know, to court and the guardian didn't appear. And so, um, there was no like can, you know, contesting. There was a lot of animosity, a whole lot of just fear. I'm not, I'm still not even really sure what it is, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, um, it was hard. It was hard to get those two back because I had to prove a whole lot of things. Like, you know, I had to prove that I was active in recovery, that I admitted that I had a problem. And recovery absolutely saved my life. You know, I tell people all the time, especially girls that, you know, are getting their are getting their kids taken away that are afraid to admit they have a problem because they're not going to get their kids back. I have a problem. I'm not going to get my kids back. Admitting that I had the problem and being in the solution about the problem is what got my kids back. You know, um, on my birthday, the day before my birthday, um, March 30th, 2016, the, the guardianship was terminated. And so Alyssa did not get to come back until after she wanted to finish the year out in Maryland. So she came back that, that June. Um, and today, like, you know, we moved into our, our own place out of Oxford house in October and we're get, actually getting ready to move into a house in May. Uh, the inspectors came today. Yay. Yeah, which is really cool. <laughs> We're getting some updates done, so that's really cool. And, you know, today, I don't have to drink my problems away. You know, I have tools, and I have people to reach out to and tools to lean on to stay sober. You know, my first thought isn't to grab the bottle when something's going wrong. It's, you know, I need to read something uplifting or spiritual. You know, grab my big book, go to a meeting, you know, Go help somebody. I can't keep what I have if I'm not giving it away, you know? And so that, you know, that is, you know, 
completely what keeps me sober. And your relationship with your children? Oh, it's awesome. I mean... Alyssa doesn't check on you anymore? No, but she used to. Yeah. Like, she used to. I would leave, and she, you know, about... You know, especially because I go to a lot of meetings. Yeah. And she got to where she just didn't want to go with me anymore. But she would write at 9 o'clock or write at 6.30, hey, Mom, where are you? You know, but she doesn't anymore at all. You know, she doesn't check on me. Yeah. You know, when I go places. Because I come home when I say I'm going to come home. I'm home when I tell her I'm going to be home. You know, um, you know, one of the, you know, I had read um, basically like a counseling report, you know, after um, they came home. And Lucas was so scared that he, he, you know, one of his fears was he used to run in his room and shut the door because he was so scared, you know, because mommy was so drunk. And now he's, I can't get the kid to go in his room. <laughs> I'm like, go to your room and play. <laughs> I want to be with you, mommy, Aww. you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, you know, I, I reach out to people that, that something, you know, that have that, that life to them that, you know, what are you doing? How are you, yeah. you know, I want to do what you're doing, you know? And so I get emotional when I hear your story, when I think about the kids, when I see how they are today, I, I hear what they went through, but then yeah. I see how y'all are together now. And it just like, I get all emotional. Like, I feel like I could start crying right now. <laughs> Don't because I'm going to start crying. You'll start crying too. <laughs> I know, but it's just like, it's just. Just as a mom, too, yeah. you know, like, I just, I just know the feelings that you went through. I knew all the, I know all the struggles that you went through, and, um, maybe our stories aren't exactly the same, but they're pretty similar. Yeah, and I, they are. And I know all the feelings, and I know that my kids felt that fear, too, and, you know, it took a while. It took a while for my, um, especially my son to trust me, so. Yeah. I know that's a big deal for her to not be checking on you all the time to see where you are. Right. It's a big deal. She's such a sweetheart. Yeah, and I can... Actually, not very long ago, she had told me, she was like... I love that she's like, I know this may sound stupid, but I love when you tell me, Alyssa, look out that window. Look at that sunset over there or look at that sign or look at that girl's hair. She's like, what you used to do is is when you would tell me to do that, you would take a shot. And she's like, I just realized the other day that I just look for what you're telling me to look for. And I don't have to worry about you taking a shot while you're driving. Like, you know, it's just the little things like that, you know, like she's like that just like totally rang a bell to me the other day, you know, that she, there really is something out there she wants me to see, you know, it's, how does it make, how does that make you feel? Like, like I mean, I just, not in your stomach Were you just like, wow, did you have a flashback? I mean, um, I kind of had a, fl- I did have a flashback a little bit because yeah. I, I, there are some things that I still like that come to me that like I, the damage that I did, mm-hmm. you know? And so sometimes, you know, those, thoughts and stuff I'm like wow you know the guilt the shame the all that stuff just comes like back but then I'm like I don't have to live like that yeah you know like I don't have to feel guilty anymore Mm -hmm. you know for the things like we're working past that that's here and we're here you know I don't have to feel guilty and I don't have to be ashamed of what I had what I did I would not be as happy as I am today would it not be for addiction I know. You know, I tell people all the time that that desperation was the greatest gift I was ever given. Just absolutely desperate. You know, I mean, I just I couldn't imagine my life any other any other way than in recovery. And you talk very openly about your recovery. Mm-hmm. Like you're not ashamed at all. Like not you at all. Totally share your story. So whenever you were um, nominated by Tiffany to have your home cleaned. 
Like, you were totally all about it. Yeah, I was. And I was so excited. I was like, I've seen that girl on Facebook. Like, the Melissa Johnson chick. Like, <laughs> the clean life, clean home. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's how I met you. And I immediately knew, um, well, your story, like, really, like, hit me in the heart. You know? I, like, in the heart. Heartstrings. 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 <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, like, I totally relate. I love her. And um, and now look where we are today. I know it's <laughs> that so was, cool. That was just in October too. I know. So, like recovery does awesome things. Like it, it really does. does. It brings people together. Um, and so, like, tell me about the clean life, clean home experience. Like, how did that make you feel? Oh like, my gosh! And so, then you paid it forward too the next month. I did, and yeah. so did my daughter. Yeah, which was cool that too. Was awesome. Along with my daughter too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so. Um, I, you know, I know we had scheduled a time to meet and everything, and you're like, I'm just going to hear your story, and, you know, um, you know, like, I felt super comfortable with you, like, you were so nice, and, like, so, like, you listen, you know what I mean, like, just, and that's another thing, like, I just thought was so cool, so, um, you know, we scheduled a time for my cleaning, and I couldn't be there because I had to work. And so I was like, I can remember just hoping, like, oh, I hope they'll still do it because I really need this because of my health, you well, know? of course. Well, I prefer that people not be there anyway. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> home from work and be like, wow, well, I'm out. Yeah. And so, you know, so then, like, I really just started doing more, like, research about what Clean Life, Clean Home was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that Tiffany had, I think, went to school with you, and that was, like, no, the we connection. Worked together, or worked together. Always. Okay. Yeah. Like, had, and, um... I know her through my boyfriend who went to high school with her. So they're good friends. And I had put on Facebook that I was looking for nominees right. to have their house clean. And she's down in Dallas mm-hmm. and nominated you. And turns out our kids go to the same school. Yeah. So that was weird, too. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you like, just live right, like, two minutes away from here, and our kids go to the same school. Like, how crazy is that? How have I not seen you? I like, know. we're probably just drunk. I like, know. <laughs> I know. And so, like, I just remember, like, I remember you asking me, you know, um, is there anything that you need? Do you need a dining room table? Because we hadn't, like, we had lived there for, like... A year. Yeah. Like, you cleaned for me in October, and we moved in the October before that. So, we had a year. We were just eating on couches. And, yeah. like, which was fine. You know, we had a place, and we were happy. Yeah. Like, mom was and sober. We were, we were together. So, it, we could just probably live in a shelter and be totally <laughs> fine. And so, um, and then I'd, you know, I'd said that I needed a table. And I can just remember at work, like, I just started crying. And, like, a coworker was like, what is wrong with you? Like, you're the charge nurse. Like, what's going on? Oh, is that when you found out you had a table? There's just these people at my house. And they're like, what do you mean? You know? And um, so I was super emotional. And I went, but when I got home, it was, like, so refreshing. Like, it yeah. felt so good. And I felt, like, worth it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I felt, like, worthy. Like, wow, like, somebody, like, appreciates recovery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was so clean and nice, and I had a new table. We ate, we eat, we eat dinner on it every single night. That's awesome. Like, every single night. We pray before we eat. I can, my kids, I mean, if, every single night, you know, um, and everything was so clean, and I had a gift card to Walmart, you know, I actually, I think we bought, um, some towels, some, like, towels, because I, I was, didn't have any towels, and, um, but, um, 
a whole box or you know of, cleaning of cleaning supplies yeah. and a lot of that stuff I still have like and it's so nice to have that stuff yeah. because it's expensive and as a single mom like cleaning supplies really are like I'll just clean with some water right. and like <laughs> sometimes like some toilet paper because I don't know I can't afford paper towels you know yeah. what I mean so I just it was such an awesome like it you know, good, paying right? it forward, it feels so good. You know, and then the next yes. Time you came with me, right? And then I was like, I need to get involved. Like, yeah. this is like whatever they got going on over there. I want to be a part of. I remember when you we were know together, and when we left her apartment, you're like, that felt really good. Yeah, it does because you know, and I was you know would hear like the old timers and stuff at AA always saying you can't keep what you have unless you're giving it away, you know. And so I feel like since I do work the steps, that it's part of my twelve step work, yeah. you know, giving back service to others, work. service work, exactly, yeah. you know. And it did feel good. It felt almost as good as walking into clean house. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no doing yeah. something for somebody like that. I know. Every time I clean somebody's house afterwards, I'm like, heck yeah. That it's just good. yeah because I know that person is going to come home from work today and they're going to come home to a clean house and how freaking amazing is that because most of them are single moms yeah and like who wants to clean their house when they get home yeah with their kids who yeah. wants to do that I know I don't I know I normally don't no <laughs> exactly not at all I mean it just isn't it's almost a dread to have to go home yes. like ugh. so it's a good feeling yes it's it not, is I thought it was really cool that you paid it forward and um, and not only that, but you are on the board now. I am, and I'm super excited about that. Like, yes. I've just been doing all kinds of work. So, like, I don't think you know this yet, but yes. I did send an email to the plaza. Like, you did, for, yeah. So, um, yes. for a booth for that, and um, I've contacted the other Freddies. But yeah, that's totally cool. I'm like way excited and motivated awesome. about that. We already have a fundraiser set up for May seventh. Mm-hmm. Freddies in Norman. We're doing a car wash. That was all Rebecca's idea. Yeah. Clean life, clean car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so I will have you back on the show, and I really like your energy and everything, so I want you to co-host with me. Definitely. Obviously. Yes. Um, so you'll be on the show more often. People will get to hear from you and um, send in any questions that they want to ask. Yeah. Any ideas for shows. Yeah, definitely. You had an idea. For the morning. Morning. Oh, my God. Moms, moms in the morning. Moms in the morning. Like, I don't know if there, anybody's li- going to listen to this, but <laughs> it is so chaotic at my house in the morning. Yeah. Like, there are some times where it's like dragging fire, screaming, yelling, throwing clothes, you know, toothbrush in the hair, <laughs> slinging toothpaste at each other. Sometimes it's so chaotic. Like, I'm yeah. going to talk about, like, how it can be, like, less chaotic and what we can do to, like, have a smooth day. Because yeah. your morning starts your whole day. It, yeah. st- it literally, when we have good mornings at home, it the whole day goes by so much better. But also, isn't it kind of nice to know that there are other moms out there that are having mornings that are just as chaotic? Yes. Like, sometimes do you feel like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm the only one. That does not have it together. Like, yes. I, I'm the only one that's not have it together. All those other moms, they know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I do think that often, too. Like, God, am I the only one that cannot get it together in the morning? Like, <laughs> I want to kill these kids. Like, <laughs> I cannot wait till they get to yes. school. Yes. Oh, some silence around here. And then whenever it's quiet, you're like, oh, I miss my kids. Oh, yeah. I miss them. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, so thank you, uh, Rebecca. Do you have anything else that you want to share? Any advice for any moms out there that might be struggling or um, that have lost their kids and are trying to get them back? Do you have any anything you want to 
I mean, no, just, it, you know, even when it seems like it's the hardest time, like that's usually your time to, you know, the, be- the best thing that I did was fix myself when I was able to. So when this, when, you know, my kids were taken, I used that time to get better and that, and recovery got my, brought my kids home, you know, and just not to give up because don't give up. Even if it's harder, do something to make it better. You know, as hard as it is, read something uplifting, go, go for a walk, you know, just don't give up. Don't give up. I would say just keep showing up. Showing up. Keep showing Show up. up. Yes. Any way that you can. Yes. Any possible way you can't see your kids, write them a letter. Yes, absolutely. Call them. Keep it in a memory box. Something. You know? Yes. Any possible way that you can show up. Like, just keep doing it. Yes, definitely. All right. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you. Yes. Thank you, Melissa, for having it. me. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.